A lot of people are saying, oh, I want to make a difference. Well, rather than focusing on making a difference, your difference is in showing up as who you're here to be. And ultimately, like we think about doctors make a difference, right? If your passion is helping people and somehow that attracts you to med school. And so from med school, then you become a doctor and you make a difference. So it's not by starting with making a difference. It's how do you want to feel? And then as you build that, the difference that you're going to make is going to unfold, which makes it even cooler, in my opinion, because it's like this discovery of as a result, people are going to see that you're being authentic and to inspire them to do the same is probably one of the most amazing things you could do in life. The Tom Screen podcast is owned and made possible by Ethical Marketing Service. If your business is struggling with Google or Facebook ads, maybe you're frustrated figuring it out or there's a performance issue, Ethical Marketing Service has worked on hundreds of accounts and we can help in this area. We offer a 30-day money-back guarantee and for every direct account we look after, we sponsor a child in a developing nation with food, water and education. If you would like to find out if we can help, it's a free no salesy consultation call and the link is in the description. Enjoy the episode. Thomas Green here with Ethical Marketing Service. On the episode today, we have Stacy McAlpine. Stacy, welcome. Thank you. So happy to be here today. I am happy to have you. Would you like to take a moment and tell the audience a bit about yourself and what you do? Sure. So um, I've been around on the planet for 46 years. I'm okay with saying that out loud. Uh, uh, 20 of them was in consulting, working for some of the big four consulting firms like Ernst & Young, PricewaterhouseCoopers, helping really large organizations like Google, Department of Defense, Department of Homeland Security, all those good things, state of California. And a consulting focus was all around project management, process improvement, and change management. And so uh, through that, I learned a lot about how to help people change because any organization requires each individual to change. You can't change whether it's a 10-person organization, 250,000-person organization. It requires each individual to make a change. So I learned a ton about how that works and with really proven methodologies that, you know, it's a rinse and repeat. It doesn't matter what the scope of the project is. It's about the methods that you use to help people get clarity on what it is that they want and how to get, how to know when they're there and then work with them on how to get there. So what I realized about a decade ago was that when I want to change in my own life and wasn't getting it, that, you know, after reading all the books, going to all the programs, you know, trying to be my best self and wasn't really applying any of it, I decided I would try to start using what I was using with my clients in my own life. And it worked. It seemed to be the, the missing piece that I was on the hunt for out in the personal development space that, you know, how to take what we're learning and implement it into our own lives to tailor those things can sometimes just be overwhelming, right? And so by coupling what I was doing with these organizations and these proven methods with what the things that I knew I wanted in my own life and was learning from, you know, the best practices of personal development gurus, if you will, uh, it just seemed to make things start to happen. So now about a little over two years ago, I've 
I've left the big four firm life and transitioned 100% to be focusing on individuals. So now people that wouldn't normally have access to those tools and techniques, I can bring them to each individual and make it fun. So I took all the boring stuff out. You know, you think about strategy and goals and blah, 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 performance measures and translated it all into more things that don't feel like work. So my company name is Journey Fuel and it's all about life's journey and how to live a life you love waking up to. Taking those methods and incorporating that into more of a, a journey language so it doesn't feel like it's a pain change and it instead becomes exciting. And I'm, lo I'm loving it. It's a great introduction. Um, so there's a, a lot to ask you about in terms of, um, you know, what your, what your favorite topic is, what, what would you say your passion is there? Oh, my favorite topic. I could nerd on that one with <laughs> just how to, how to help individuals, including myself, um, just find what it is that's special about our contribution to the planet. And what I've found is that you know, a lot of people have been on the hunt for their purpose. You know, what's my purpose or don't, don't know what they want. And what I've determined is that in reality, life is just an experience of feelings. That's all it is. It's just an experience of feelings. So once I, I learned that from a program that I did a couple of years ago, just changed the way I think. And so I'm really fascinated by the idea of how people can use their feelings to translate that into what they want. Because so many times we get stuck on, I don't know what I want. I just know I don't want this. But if we know that ultimately it's not about the stuff or the people or whatever it is that we're doing, it's about the feelings that we get from those things. So if we harness, how are we feeling right now? And how do we want our life experience to feel? And how can we get closer to feeling that? Then it just opens up everything. Right now you, you have a direction without having to know all the answers. So if you know you wanna have a life of adventure or, or full of you know, tight-knit family, or you wanna have the feelings of love, then you know what direction to go into and you can start to piece together. Well, what's something I can do to get more of that in my life. And it just is a different experience of, of, you know, determining what we want our life to be about. So it might sound cliche that that's something I'm passionate about, but that's why I went into journey fuel because it really is a topic that, you know, I found fascinating in my own life and know that it can help anyone really. So I just love watching other people shift when they start to learn that and it just lights up you can see the light turn on you know behind their eyes and so it's hard not to be passionate about something right well thank you for the answer i think it's a great one um the uh experience of feelings uh quite profound but i am interested to know when you did learn that or when you did decide to I know have that as a guide what mm -hmm. did you do next because i feel like in some instances people aren't always kind of aware of their feelings so how, right. how does someone go about doing that or how did you do it yeah i mean and i have to um attribute to my coach marnie batista um that really taught me that 
lesson, Tessa Auburn, uh, and just put that out there full full disclosure. Um, what happened was um, they had to start with an exercise they called a rut exercise. So even if you start as simple as you you draw a circle on a piece of paper and you identify something that seems to keep happening in our lives that we don't the outcome that we don't want. And so you could start with, okay, gosh, I make the same thing. The same thing keeps happening. I think we could all probably find something that seems to just keep reoccurring that we don't really want those results. And what she had us do was to go around the circle and you put a dot on the circle every time there's a decision point that we have to make in that cycle. So for example, I use the gym just because most people can relate to that or health, you know, exercise. Oh, I want to lose weight or whatever. And so you can say, okay, so when you start to want to lose weight, what is the next decision that you have? Okay, it's, I need to find a way to, what am I going to do, right? And what decisions have you made in the past? And how do you feel in that moment? It's like, ugh, you know, I feel like it's going to be a drag. And how do you want to feel instead is the sneaky question that like blew my mind when she taught us that. Because I don't know about you, but I certainly have never been taught to pay attention to what I want. When it comes to feelings, it's like, no, you're supposed to do this and you're supposed to do that. And you're supposed to go to college and you're supposed to get a good job. And, you know, it's not so much about do I feel like getting a job? <laughs> That's what you do. Right. And so to like you said, to tap into feelings, it's like, well, how do I feel in that moment? And I feel, you know, discouraged or deflated or, you know, even defeated, because a lot of times we've done this 932 times. And it never worked anyway, but now we have a decision to make. So you could say, okay, well, how do I want to feel instead? And you could say, I want to feel excited. So, okay, what's something I can do that might actually get me excited instead of feeling deflated versus I just don't want to feel like this? Because if you say, I don't want to feel like this, you have zero direction. If you say, I know I want to feel excited. And you know that you've tried to pick the gym before and that just wasn't the trick. What are three other things that you could do? And for each decision point, um, Tony Robbins says there is no choice until you have at least three things. And there's always at least three ways to do something. Because if you have one choice, you know, one option, that's not a choice. Two options, it's a black and white, a yes or no, that's not really a choice. Once you have three, now you have things to choose from. And if you think long enough about anything, there's always at least three ways to do something. So then at least, you know, if I want to feel excited, what are some other ways that I could get myself moving to get myself excited. And maybe it's, you know, walk around Target <laughs> until I have 5,000 steps on my Fitbit, right? Whatever it is, you can always come up with another way as long as you know the outcome that you're searching for. So, and you do that all the way around. So, and then the next decision point, you know, how, what's the next point that I get to? Well, now I have to go. Okay, so what are the choices I usually make? How do I feel in that moment? How do I want to feel instead? And what are three different ways I could go about getting that feeling in that moment to make a different choice until you start making new choices? And then you can start to see the difference. And then if it's not working, just go back around and try it again. And ultimately, you'll find a path that brings you the feelings that you want instead. So it's really practice, you know, on um, how do I feel now? Doing what on things that are simple. And then also, you could probably Google this at the Gottman uh, Institute, I think it's called. They have a feelings wheel. 
And it's, um, you could even just Google feelings wheel. It probably doesn't even need to be by Gottman, but it'll give you, you know, the basic human emotions, like sad, mad, happy. And then it's like a little pie chart where you can take it and start to get more granular with that feeling. And it kind of gives you five new options for how to describe sad. <laughs> and then it gets more and more granular. So it can help you touch your, you know, test your heartstrings. If I say this, does that resonate? Yes or no? And then you can start to get a broader vocabulary around feelings and then start to get more and more in touch with it. And it just takes some practice. But even just trying it once or twice, I think you'll um, find that it's something that actually is a pretty powerful technique just to give us direction when we don't necessarily know the answer. Thank you for sharing that. It's uh, another great answer. Um, I'm intrigued about um, when you were doing this exercise or where you were thinking this through, um, what what are the emotions that you wanted to feel initially? Yeah, so initially, um, so at that time, that about a decade ago when I was really trying to discover myself back out of where I was, I was working 50, 60 hour weeks. I was um, a mom of one with one on the way and a stepdaughter who was in high school and my husband at the time was in law school full time so i was the only breadwinner and racking up two hundred thousand dollars in law school debt living off of one income in the dc area mortgage upside down you know all of those things all at once and it just didn't feel like there was ever going to be a way out of that like it just felt it just really felt kind of hopeless really um, I knew I wanted to see my family. You know, my daughter was calling me grandma because she saw my mom more than she saw me at the time. And that just wasn't the life I wanted, but I couldn't think about like, what's a way out? I mean, I have to keep making money. I can't not make money. My husband at the time couldn't go out and, you know, make money. And, um, so I just really had to get in touch with all right, well, it's either this for another 40 years, <laughs> I might need to do something different. And that's when I just started trying different techniques. And the time I was really just using things like Tony Robbins had a personal power and how to get in touch with what values you care about, and then would use that to help me guide my decisions. So every time that I had a choice to make, I would use a litmus test of the values that I came up with and whether it matched or it didn't. And if it didn't, I just didn't do it. Or if I couldn't just not do it, went, you know, and thought, okay, well, what can I do that could, you know, get rid of that should? And it's just, you, you just have to be so convinced and certain that you, that you want something different that staying the same is more painful than changing. This is another Tony Robbins attribute. You know, he says people don't change for pleasure, they change to avoid pain. So until it's more painful to stay the same, which, you know, we can all relate to pain as a feeling, um, until it's more painful to stay the same, oftentimes we don't change. So, you know, fast forward when I learned the rut exercise and learned how to use the feelings technique, that just made it 10 times easier to give myself direction on what do I want now? Because, you know, life wasn't super rosy the whole time over those last 10 years. And I would say maybe about midway, about five years ago, I was in a similar boat again. And where now I was divorced 
taking care of my kids full time by myself, you know, the whole nine. And I just had to go back to the basics. You know, what do I care about? What's most important to me? And how can I start lining up my choices with that? And then when I learned that, that technique about feeling, it just, it made such a difference because it creates emotion. Because once we have an emotional tie to something, we're more likely to get in motion. You know, we're more likely to do something about it versus just it be a concept. Oh, let's go to the gym. But we have no feeling. So I just, I know it's a long answer, but I'm going to add one more thing, which is <laughs> um, the other thing. So you don't have to wait until life is painful. What I do in my programs, so I have a program, Walk the Talk Weekend, which is actually coming up in a couple of weeks. And Walk the Talk Weekend is a two and a half day program where we go through these steps of, you know, how are you feeling now? What do you want life to feel like instead? And then the second day we go through a certainty test where it's like a should litmus test. And I came up with this thing and just sort of fell out of my mouth the other day and I'm loving it. It's like how to take the should off your shoulders. And when you think about it, it sounds so cheesy, but it kind of, you know, almost like <laughs> you can feel a weight come off just saying it. And it's so true, right? Like shoulds are really heavy to carry. And so we do a litmus test on what we came up with on the first day of, well, is that a should? Because sometimes we're like, oh, we should be part of the community. You know, <laughs> what do you really want to be part of the community? You're not going to get that excited to go do it, right? So we do a should test. And then once we have the certainty, then you get into, well, how do we activate that on the last day where now we're looking at tools and techniques for that you know, I'm bringing in from my consulting background of, well, how do we take now that we know where we want to go and um, why it matters to us, then we can get there. But the big piece of not having to, to deal with the pain first is you start to think about, well, what if I don't have it in my life, right? So if you come up with the seven most important things to you, that if you had those seven things in your life from a values perspective, you'd have no regrets. And if you were missing any of them, there'd be some sort of a gap. and you say, okay, well, what if I didn't have that? What would life be like? And you create the feeling of what would that be like in such a powerful way that you can now see what the pain would be without having to actually get there. You can start to articulate that it would be more painful to not have it than to have it. And so now the change becomes your path instead of waiting for the inevitable pain. So those are some ways you can get in front of it. Thank you for that, that you mentioned the values in your answer. And I did want to say in relation to the, um, the, the feelings, um, uh, there's, there's like the, the detrimental side of that is like, I just want to be happy all the time and not do anything responsible. But of course, yeah. if you have your values in check, then that's something that can stop that from happening. So would you mind sharing what your values are and how you, sure. how you came to your values? Yeah. So um, in, in terms of values, one of the things that I'm doing with Walk the Talk Weekend made it a little, made it a lot easier than the techniques that I had learned previously, which is, you know, starting with what do you want and why do you want it? And then starting to pull out the themes. I've started with, well, how do you feel now and how do you want to feel instead? And then we do some techniques in the program where you start to do some visualizations around, well, what does that feeling look like what's in my life when i'm feeling that way and then start to see what pops up and that way it doesn't feel like you're on some 
you know, excavation of yourself and feeling like you're trying to find these answers that you don't feel like you have anyway. But you're doing it in a way where you're letting the feeling drive what pops up and then trying to see, okay, what seems to matter to me the most? And then start to put those together. And then you already know what it's going to feel like to have those things. So it's a different experience of values. And so now you can get a feeling for, okay, so this really does matter to me. It's not a should. It is a want. So living in alignment with them isn't a work anymore. It's something that I'm looking forward to doing. And then the technique that I've used in my life that was a game changer, and I teach this in my programs, which is, you know, once you have your core seven um, values, then every choice you ever make after that point, you litmus test against those seven. So now you're only testing against seven things instead of how you never know, like there could be 93 different options, right? But if you know, these are the seven things that I care about most that I want to make sure I have in my life. So for example, you know, let's say you're at work and um, a happy hour comes up, but your kids are at home and you know, you value your families. One of my values is tight knit family. Um, and another value is being able to, you know, have achievement, you know, so being able to kind of have those Olympic moments and see what I'm capable of. And our professional life can sometimes be that for us, right? So I need, I really wanted to excel in my career, which in consulting, happy hours is just kind of part of the deal because it's a lot about relationships. So if I didn't go, so I was thinking, okay, well, I value achievement and I value, like, you know, my tight knit family. What choice do I make? And then you start to think about, okay, so what if I go? What am I going to, you know, what's the value of going? What if, What's going to happen? What if I don't go? You know, is that really going to affect my career this time? You know, or let's say I am going to go home, but I'm so tired that I'm not even going to hang out with my kid anyway. Just the fact that I'm home doesn't mean that I'm creating value with my family. So, okay, what's what's the distinction? How do I make that choice? Well, if I'm going to go home and just be too tired, then it's really just a waste of time. And I'm missing out on an opportunity to build my career. So it helps. And, you know, and then you could tell yourself, okay, so how do I make time for my family next time? You know, when it's not a choice between going to this thing or not going to this thing, how can I maybe spend time with them this weekend or something? So there's a way to accommodate what matters to us, but it doesn't mean that we only have the one choice. It goes back to what are my options? And what's the impact if I don't do it? Like, is it really as bad as we think if we don't do the should? You know, even just, um, you know, I learned over time that just because you have a deadline doesn't mean that that person is actually going to do anything with whatever you turn in on the deadline. <laughs> so it doesn't hurt to say, hey, you know what? Are you going to read this tonight? Or what if I get it to you before you wake up tomorrow? Or when are you actually going to read what I turned into you? And then you might be able to buy yourself some time. So even if we feel like we don't have choices, we often do have a lot more flexibility than we think we do. Do you prioritize your values or are they kind of all equal, um, equal importance? You know, it changes. So I answered your question partially. I have tight-knit family. Um, achievement's really more around um, life immersion and fulfillment is my second one. And um, freedom and abundance is the third. And I call it glitter and shine, which is health. 
which used to be health, but those words just weren't doing it for me. And then I tried vitality and still wasn't working out. <laughs> so like glitter and shine, that's, that can get me out of bed in the morning, right? And then um, I have unwavering faith and self-expression. So just being authentic. And um, Zen environment is another one. And uh, making a difference. So of those seven. So it's not really like I'm not going to prioritize certain things over my family necessarily. Like if there was a train coming, would I jump in front of the train or would I go to happy hour? <laughs> but, you know, there are times when in the moment, there's not something that I'm going to do about that right then. That there's another value that makes sense for me to participate in because it's an opportunity that I'm not going to have again. Right. So there's really prioritizing is one of those things where I, I think in the moments we can do that as long as we think about it holistically. And that's what I do in the programs after Walk the Talk Weekend. I have other programs that I do where we take what we do in Walk the Talk Weekend of once you're clear on what those values are, how do you, it's called Love and Life Accelerator. How do you now take it and live your life fully without, you know, um, being too dialed in on one thing. Because to start, what I do have people do is say, okay, so if you look at your seven things, when people are just starting, if you try to do all seven values at the same time, you're going to fail. We haven't been doing them for a long time and certainly not all of them. And so for us to set ourselves up for failure by saying we're going to do all of this now, even though we haven't been doing it for 40 years, is not going to help us build a muscle of trust and feel like, you know, we're going to trust ourselves to follow through. So to start would be, okay, if I had to look at one thing and you know, I have people kind of draw a circle and, and put, you know, all the seven kind of like a pie slice together and pick, you know, where are you in relation to Nirvana being the outside and not so much in the middle and kind of where are you in terms of living that value? And then looking at the answers and saying, okay, so which of these, if I were to make any kind of uh, adjustment would make the biggest impact in my life right now? And then what's one thing that I can do differently that would help me have more of that in my life? And then just practice that. You know, give yourself 30 days, give yourself some time of doing that thing differently for that amount of time. So then you can start to build trust in yourself that you're going to follow through. Because when you take two biggest steps, you know, and I talk about this in Walk the Talk weekend on day three is pe sometimes people get so excited because now they're like jazzed, right? Now I've got my core seven. I'm going to go out and I'm going to live the life I love waking up to, which you can do knowing what that experience is while you're building up the pieces of it that are going to get you to, you know, your nirvana, right? And so it's a matter of sometimes people say, I'm going to do these three things. I'm like, <laughs> I encourage you to not pick three, maybe pick, pick, put the other two somewhere you're going to remember to look at later, you know, put them in a the parking lot, if you will. So you know that you're not going to forget that you were passionate about that. Uh, but let's get one thing going because it's so easy to get overwhelmed the second we go back to our real life. Right? We've all experienced that probably, whether you've read something that got you excited or gone to a program or, you know, heard something on, on a program, a podcast or something like this, right? And then life takes over the second it's over, but you haven't learned how to incorporate that new thing into your life yet. 
So unless we're really purposeful about it and then look for ways, well, our life's already full. How are we going to find the capacity to do that? So it's, you know, got to give yourself some time to find where can I fit these things in without being so overwhelming and, and unrealistic that you're going to change everything tomorrow. But if we even just change one little thing, it changes everything. You know, people kind of question, oh, am I really going to live a life I love waking up to after two and a half days if my life feels like, you know, purgatory? And the answer becomes, well, when you have clarity and certainty on the things that matter most to you, you now have a completely different experience of the next day because you have something to guide your choices that you didn't have before. So it creates confidence and a faith and belief in the fact that, oh, I can have this in my life and I'm doing it and I'm taking steps and it changes the entire energy and vibe around how you're waking up the next day because you have a new way of looking at what you want your life to be as an experience. You don't have to wait for all the stuff. You know how to tap into those feelings so that you can bring those feelings into your life without having to wait for it all to be together because you now have kind of a trusted path, if you will. So it's, you know, it really comes down to, I was just watching some Napoleon Hill, which a lot of people in personal development will say, you know, foundation of everything goes back to Napoleon Hill. There's a, you guys want to see it on Netflix. It's actually for real Napoleon Hill, like recorded of him a zillion years ago, black and white, and of him sharing all of his principles. And one of the core, core principles uh, that he called the key to mastering success is belief. And if you don't believe it, and, he, you know, if you don't believe it, you won't achieve it, right? But he says it in five different ways, but it all comes back down. If you don't believe it, then it's just not happening. So if we don't believe what we come up with, if we don't believe in the experience that we can have that experience or that the values that we have are clear enough to know what that would even look like, how can we possibly expect ourselves to have the motivation to do anything about it? You know, because a lot of us have been in disappointing scenarios. We'll think that we're going to get something and then we don't. And that builds up over time. So we have that as something that we carry with us, even though every circumstance we're in is always different. You know, nothing's ever exactly the same that's going to create the exact same outcome because there's never the exact same scenario in terms of, you know, what color is it that you're wearing that day? What's the weather like? What, who are you talking to? You know, but none of those are ever going to be exactly the same. So sometimes we think, oh, well, exact things and same things can happen. Well, you're not the exact same person in future moments. So as you start to shift your focus, as you start to find new ways of tapping into what do you really want? And is that authentic? Like, is that legit or is it a should? And you start to believe that it gives you a completely different way of operating on the planet. It's really powerful. Yeah, you made quite a profound point that I wanted to highlight, which was about um, clarity and um, your future decisions um, mm -hmm. and how they would be easier once you're, should we say, clear on them. But I, I yeah. would also add that um, not only that, but it, I think people stress a lot about the decisions and don't really have a way <laughs> of going about how to answer them. And it would re remove a lot of stress at the same time. So I just wanted mm -hmm. to highlight that. Yeah. You also mentioned. Um, 
in the habits part of it that um, kind of starting with one thing would be, should we say, better and parking mm-hmm. the other two. Is there anything else that you wanted to add around if someone wants to change their habit, how they go about doing that? Yeah, so something I focus a lot on and I kind of alluded to it in my introduction is changing the language that we use around those things. So in one of my programs, I I always learn something from everyone that ever comes. I call them my love and lifers. And one of them is named Sean and values was a trigger word for him because he, you know, a trigger word being like it kind of like it kind of makes you tense or it just doesn't and it turns you off right away and that was the one, yeah right and um and so it was like i'm just getting stuck at that word and it's central to everything that we do in any of my programs and i was like well okay so what's something else he's like i believe in the concept but that word just gets me you know stuck so i said well what about treasures and he's like treasures i can do that what are my treasures in life you know and you can map that back to journey is it you know your treasure hunt or whatever it is and that changed him completely completely changed so now he was like back in it again so treasures what are the treasures in my life so when you're building a habit even the word habit sounds kind of boring right it could be a ritual it could be you know a soul promise it could be anything that's going to take the should out of it and you know some bad words at journey fuel or have to need to and um you know should anytime those words come out of your mouth you're try to see if you can recognize that get awareness around that and should you why should you why do you think you should you know a lot of times oh i should have a habit i should brush my teeth every night well do you is it like, what do you get out of brushing your teeth? Well, then my breath doesn't smell. And I, so you want to have fresh breath. Yes. Okay. So you want to have fresh breath and brushing your teeth is going to give you what you want. Yes. Okay. So then do you want to brush your teeth so that you can have fresh breath? Right. So it's, it's turning it out of a should into I should go do this. And if you just, can't get it out of there where it's just no i just don't want to then what are three other ways pick something else what's another habit what's something else that you have the capacity right now to do you know a lot of times it's like oh i'm never gonna binge watch ever again on netflix but then there's the couch and then you have three hours of nothing planned and it's like "Uh." um and so what if you just watch two and a half hours instead of three you know, or why do you not want to watch it? Is it just because you're you're not supposed to watch so much TV? You know, what am I giving up when I watch that amount of TV or whatever it is? You know, so because whenever we say yes to something, we say no to something else. So if I say yes to that, what am I saying no to? And it could be, you know, I'm saying no to having energy to play with my grandkids when I go sit on the couch and don't take care of myself which is a little different from, oh, I'm never going to lose weight anyway, doesn't matter. So a lot of it really comes down back to feelings. How are you feeling? How do you want to feel instead? And what's something you can do to shift so that what you are doing is bringing you those feelings? And if it's not the gym, it's not the gym, right? Or one time there was someone in one of my programs where she said, no, it really is the gym. Like, I don't want to go, but I really want to go. I like the gym, but I just don't want to go. 
I'm like, well, why don't you want to go? And she's like, I don't know. I just don't, I don't feel it. Well, I was like, well, why do you think you want to go? Because I feel so strong and there are people there and I really get jazzed about it. So maybe it's, I want to go hang out with those people that get me jazzed. And it's less about the gym than it is about going to see the people at the gym. So you're still doing the same thing. You're just not relating it to something that makes you want to throw up and die, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or poke a needle out, you know, poke your eye out with a needle. If you're getting that feeling, it comes back to awareness, you know, having the awareness, which I won't go into because I go into that at Walk the Talk Weekend, but there's a change management methodology that's called ADCAR. And it's a horrible acronym, but it stands for awareness, desire, knowledge, ability, and reinforcement. And that's something that underlies all my programs and techniques. And it all starts with awareness. So if you don't have awareness, you're not going to build the desire to the level that you would really, it's going to get you there in times of not wanting to do something. And a lot of times people will start at knowledge, you know, I need to learn this. But if you don't have full awareness of why you want to change or what the impact is of not changing, then you're not going to be able to pick up all the knowledge that are going to help you get to that answer. And so, because we, our brain can only absorb so much stuff. So if we start going and learning stuff, but you don't have full awareness of what it is that we're even listening for, it's like, you know, when you buy a blue car and all of a sudden there are 117 blue cars on the street when there was no blue cars there before, <laughs> you know, it's an awareness. They were always there. So, but now we know what to look for. So if we know what to listen for in knowledge, like when they listen to your podcast, if they have an awareness of what it is that they're changing for and have a desire to change, now they know what to listen for, right? And so same thing with ability to build an ability. You need to know what it is that you need to learn, you know, to need, said need that you get to learn to be able to get to that, the phase that you want. And then reinforcement is what just keeps you from sliding backwards. So, but the beginning is all about awareness. So anybody that's listening, the easiest thing to do is just start to pay attention to how you're feeling. And instead of saying, I don't want to, you know, when you say, how do I want to feel instead? Well, I just don't want to feel this way. Instead, think about, well, how would I want to feel without it being like, well, that's impossible. You know, what would you really want to feel? Where are you? What are your choices? And what's one thing you could do that at least start to turn the ship closer to that feeling? And it gives you a whole new direction, but it's really awareness of noticing is the first step. Talking to you, uh, it's, it's obvious to me that you've like immersed yourself in self-development because <laughs> it's just like the language and just uh, your approach to everything is, is yeah. I, I like, I like speaking to those people. It's refreshing as well to speak to someone. My, my question is around uh, what you think of the self-development education, because in some instances yeah. it's time consuming and also costly. Now, that yeah. you're, from my perspective, anyway, you're at a point where you've learned a ton and previously you weren't. So now right. that you can look back on it, what do you make of the fact that you've invested so much time and maybe money in that and where you are now? What are your thoughts? Yeah, well, plenty of money. Um, I've probably spent at least $100,000 over the course of even just the last five years, probably, which I didn't exactly have. You know, credit cards can be safer <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, sometimes, and it's a trade off, right? Like if I value abundance, yet I hate my life. 
Do I spend money on my credit card to if I'm going to know that I'm going to get the results that I want, that's going to change the way I think and act and believe and, and function? You know, we go to college. And why don't we go into the university of learning how to live a life we love, right? We're not taught that. That's not an easy thing to know. A lot of people don't even know how to live a life they love waking up to that we're being under the influence of. So, so you know, where I really started to get value was knowing why I didn't want to be where I was anymore, which would guide what is the next, you know, what's the desire, building that desire. And then knowing that, you know, it's worth it to me to invest in the knowledge. Now I know what knowledge to invest in. And so we can read a whole bunch of stuff. And I'm not saying reading is a bad starting point. You know, sometimes, you know, learning will, gonna, will, will get us to think about, oh, you know what, that resonates with me. I wonder, you know, why. And you can use that to build awareness. Then maybe you don't finish the book because by the time you learn that, you're like, it's not worth the next hour for me to read this because I've just gotten what I need from it. It's like watching a movie that you are hating when you stay to the end. It's like, we don't have to stay till the end, guys. <laughs> if we know it's not working, right? But also, if you trust that it's going to get good at the end, then maybe you'll stay. But, but in the end, it comes down to knowing why you want change and and getting certainty around why staying the same is going to be more painful, then um, then you can start to seek out the knowledge that is really valuable. I mean, the way I've been thinking about how do I articulate my background to people to understand what I'm doing is different. You know, what? How do I articulate that to people? Because I'm mean, like, oh well, why? How's Journey Feel any different? Or you know, why Walk the Talk Weekend? Everybody has their two and a half day programs or whatever it is. So, you know, being able for me to articulate what that is, I have to really think about it myself. <laughs> and it really comes back to I have done a lot of learning. I have done a lot of personal development stuff. And there's always that thing, and I think anybody could relate to this. Like if you listen to Stephen Covey's Seven Habits, you're like, yeah. Those are good. And then you listen to Tony Robbins and you know about this. I'm like, yeah, that's good. Or you go listen to Chris Howard and you, but there are all these little things. Now, how do you put them together? And that's a lot harder than, you know, than just going to someone that has a method that says, okay, here's what change looks like. Once you have, and I can help people get from awareness to desire to where you need to be in knowledge, you know, where you want to be in knowledge. And I can pull from those and incorporate that into what I'm doing. So you don't have to go out and spend a hundred thousand dollars because I already did that for you. <laughs> you know, and I'm pulling things in based on proven methodologies. I mean, consulting, that's what we do. Consulting, they're like, what's a consultant anyway? My even my kids were like, I don't get it. <laughs> but um basically it comes down to an organization or, or a person has a challenge that they need to um, overcome. You know, there's an outcome that they're being told they need to achieve. And so it's about coming in and helping people articulate, well, what is the actual outcome that you want? What is the desired outcome? So like for us, it would be, what is the experience of life that you would want? And how do you know when you get there? What does that look like? And then, okay, now that you know how you, you know, what it looks like to get there, what are the things that if you do this, will get you there? And they're answering it. I'm not answering it. I'm using the techniques that I can tell from, okay, so if this is the problem, like if it's a cybersecurity project, I'm not going to bring in my customer experience people that do brand management. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, so what, 
what resources does this person need? And I can pull from what I already know or have access to and share those things with people. So, so it, it's a way of something I was trained to do over 20 years of listening, being able to help um, people get to what is the desired outcome, help them kind of facilitate the conversation for them around what does that mean? What does that look like? And what would we have to do in order to get there? What are the things that we, if we do these things, we get there? They're answering those questions, but they couldn't answer it until they knew the outcome, right? That they wanted and why. So it's about a process that people use around the globe. This ad car methodology is used around the globe and it's different projects, but it's the same technique of walking you through it. But then to your point about personal development, if I didn't know what to pull in, like, I don't have all the answers. I'm not like making up all these best practices. I've, I've read them and start to, I can now piece together Okay, what is it that I want for my people? I want them to be able to have this experience. Okay, so now I know what to go read for. Now I know what to pull from. Now I need, you know, in terms of continuously improving myself, I have my own coach because you don't know what you don't know. And then I can pull from that and start to incorporate that in a way that other people don't have to do all that, but can trust the system. You know, it comes back down to David Allen. Have you ever heard of David Allen? He has the getting things done method. And it's a. I've heard of James Allen, but not David. Oh Allen. yeah, David Allen changed my life, and I'm a time management nerd. I was a project manager, right? It's like there's a you know we're going to have structure into how we deliver until we know we're going to get there, and so I'm always reading stuff about that. And he was probably, I might even say, the biggest influencer of how I manage my life now. And his whole thing is to get it out of your head and into what he called a trusted system, something you know that if you put it there you can find it again because our brain is like a computer. It has like RAM, you know, in it. And I'm not even a technology person, but at least I know what happens when a computer is slow and annoying versus <laughs> one that goes faster. And it's when you have too much stuff on it, right? So, so if you get it out of your head and you're not constantly trying to remember, it's like when you have PowerPoint open and you have Zoom open, Zoom's going to crash. <laughs> so you, it's still running in the background, even though we're not using PowerPoint, right? So it's, it's still using up our brain power. So if we get it out, so like, you know, what you need to get to the grocery store, you know, what movie you want to watch someday, what you have on your list of things to do today, right? If you get it out and put it into a trusted system, then your brain can relax. You know where to go get it. You know that it's there when you need it. And then there's a whole infrastructure of how to organize it so that you can find it. And he teaches you how to build that trusted system of of getting things out of your head and into somewhere else. And so once you trust it, then you can relieve your brain and it reduces your anxiety significantly. You know, it's kind of like when people lay in bed and can't sleep because they're thinking about 917 different things that they didn't do or want to do and they don't want to forget. So if we write it down and then somehow our brain can go back to sleep. You know, so it's getting all of that stuff out. And I have different programs that do that, but it's a matter of getting that out of your head. I relate it to a snow globe. You know, if you shake a snow globe, you have all that snow in there. Like you can't see anything. I don't know if you've ever been in a whiteout. Have you ever been in like a snowstorm, like a whiteout? It's so scary. You literally can't see. You can't see. 
even though you're on a road, you have to trust that you know where the road is. <laughs> but if you could like breathe, let the snow settle, and then you have the capacity to see again. So when you get that out and know that you're going to be able to find it again, then you can think more clearly and then you can start to follow that path. So I know that's like the longest answer. Pretty good at long answers, but, um, but it's knowing when I learned that, that was a game changer because now I can learn all these things and save them in places where I know I can go get them and I don't have to remember them all. And then like when you ask me a question, I have, you know, where I can access that somewhere in my brain beforehand or, you know, it's just something that I've learned so much that it comes back to me, but I don't keep stuff in my head. So it's a matter of, you know, also baking it into you, like the values, when you practice your seven values all the time, and every time you have a choice to make, it's there, you know, in the beginning, look at it, it write them down. I mean, I have them written down. Every time I put something on my trusted method, trusted system of where I keep all the things that I do every day, it doesn't go on there unless I can tag it with a value. If I can't tag it with a value, it doesn't go on there. And I delete it from my brain. It's gone. And so once it's in there and I know that it's an alignment, but, but that takes practice. So even the most simple thing would be when you get clear on what those seven values are, practicing that, it helps eliminate a lot of the clutter in, in our own minds. And because now we don't have to remember everything. We just need to remember seven things or get to remember seven things. <laughs> So the, the simpler we can make it, even though, you know, the personal development space, I think the biggest gap for me was always, well, how do I implement it? And how do I tailor it to my own life? And that was always the sticking point. And you get to the written exercise. If you're already overwhelmed, you just close the book and hopefully get back to it one day. But it's the idea of stopping and thinking about how to do it is like, nah, it's not enough to read the book, but I don't have enough to like do something about it. But when someone can guide you through that and you know that that next step is already going to be there for you and it's going to work, then it becomes more magnetizing than it is like pushing yourself up the hill, you know? I certainly feel like you're um, talking directly to me um, in relation <laughs> to how I am with um, trying to keep stuff in my mind. and Yeah. Uh, you know, not being able to go back to sleep because you're thinking about a particular thing, all that very yeah. relevant. So I certainly appreciate the um, the value there. I do yeah. um, ask one question on every time I speak to someone on the episode, and it's um, what does success mean to you? I'm sure you've got a great answer, but I would love to hear it nonetheless. Yeah, so what I've determined is success is just showing up and experiencing my life as who I'm here to be. And so many people are on a hunt for their purpose. And reality, it is, what is, who am I authentically? And that took me a long time to, to dig into. <laughs> and now I have a way of, of um, accelerating that because I've learned how to do it and now systematize it. But, um, you know, if I just show up as who I am, and authentically, I'll actually get to experience life as that, which so much of our lives is when we aren't authentic in our answers or we don't speak up or we don't 
reflect on, I don't want to feel like this. You know, I want to feel like this instead. And how, why, you know, that's coming from somewhere. You know, we have a soul or we have a, a gift, whatever your beliefs are, whether it's a higher power. I mean, in the end, it's a fact that each individual has their own capabilities that are different. So if we focus on what is it that I have within me that I'm naturally good at or drawn to or excited about and pursue that, my whole energy in life is going to change. My ripple effect to other people, you know, my mission is I want to create the biggest ripple effect of all time by being who I'm here to be and helping others do the same. And as a result, that's going to bring souls and humanity alive. You know, if you think about it, if each soul, if each individual were to be who they're here to be, so their energy, your energy, everybody's listening to your energy. If you were here, you know, who experiencing that, what's life to follow through on something that you've decided matters? What would life feel like? How cool would that experience be versus not doing that and never lighting that part of your soul up, right? So for me, success is following and trusting that feeling and having the resources behind me that I trust to, to know that when I take the next step, it's my next step. And whatever that is, is the experience of life that's going to create my ripple effect and my own joy in life and experience that I want. And if we each did that, you know, you think about all the challenges we have right now of people feeling, you know, strongly about different topics and, you know, a lot of um, divisiveness in a lot of things. If we could just authentically show up and each contribute our own version of what we're here to be, that vibe would just change because we'd have a different experience of humanity. You'd have a different lens of what you're looking at other people and knowing that that's their experience or, or how can you learn from their experience or, you know, Napoleon Hill is classic and going back and on, it's on, it's on Netflix. I can't remember if it's Netflix or Amazon. I think it might be Amazon Prime. But it's so worth whatever, you know, 15 bucks or whatever it was to download it. I can't remember. But um, she talks about all of them very rapidly. But they're all very simple, basic things, which is, you know, to be successful in life, you know, having belief and being able to learn from others and, you know, showing up as a personality that people want to be around. <laughs> but it all comes back to, you know, for each of us, you know, success being I get to experience my life in a way that is authentic. Like how amazing would that be? Everything's, you know, a new adventure. The curiosity about, well, what ice cream would I pick? <laughs> Might be different. I don't know. If I'm following my my own choices, maybe I'll be more adventurous. I don't know. But a lot of people are saying, oh, I want to make a difference. Well, rather than focusing on making a difference, your difference is in showing up as who you're here to be. And ultimately, like we think about doctors make a difference, right? If your passion is helping people and somehow that attracts you to med school. And so from med school, then you become a doctor and you make a difference. So it's not by starting with making a difference. It's how do you want to feel? And then as you build that, the difference that you're going to make is going to unfold, which makes it even cooler, in my opinion, because it's like this discovery of as a result, people are going to see that you're being authentic. And to inspire them to do the same is probably one of the most amazing things you could do in life. So that's my version of success.
Well, congratulations on <laughs> doing that for for starters, and also um, the I don't know the the education and the um, what you've expressed here today. I can tell it's like part of your personality, but it's great to listen to. So thank you for for that. For people who yeah. want to connect with you, or uh, maybe do one of your would you say they're courses or would you say they're uh, walk the talk weekend is my hallmark foundation yeah so to find me the um for your audience i want to gift you walk the talk weekend anybody who's listening just put the name of your podcast and how you found out about program just go to walk the talk weekend.com and you can sign up it's an 897 dollars program but I, anybody who's listening i want to gift that to you because i don't like to talk about the next step and then not enable people to do that <laughs> um, and take it. So no barriers. Uh, the next one I actually have coming up is in a couple of weeks. So if you're listening to this after that, I do have them pretty regularly. This will be my last one for 2022. So sign up now. It's October 21st, the 23rd. And if it's past that, when people are listening, um, you know, you can go on the site, see when the next one is or or get on the list and be notified when the next one is, but um, that's the absolute best way because no matter what, if anyone ever does anything with me, we always start with the foundation of values, which is what I do in two and a half days and walk the talk weekend. And um, you can learn more about it at walktalkweekend.com. There's a video and some description in there. And I just encourage you to sign up. And in the event that um, you can't make that right away or wanna know what else I'm doing, just go to at your journey fuel on Facebook and you can always see what I'm up to on there. But I really encourage you guys to take advantage of the gift of Walk the Talk Weekend. If you could do some of the things I was talking about today in two and a half days and know that that would be your life, you know, what it's, um, in my opinion, worth the investment of time at, at no cost to you financially. So that's a, my challenge. My call to action is to do that for yourself. Well, thank you for that. Um, very generous. And again, I reiterate, you've been a, a great guest today. So Stacey, oh, thank, thank you, you very much for your time. Thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity.